Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome back to the Safcast. I'm Connor Donnelly and we're delighted to be back after a bit of a sabbatical there. So today we're going to be previewing the Antrim Senior Hurling Championship final between Dunloy and Rossa. I'm joined by Brendan McTaggart of the Saffron Gale and David Moen of the Andytown News. So enjoy the show. So for this preview of the Antrim Senior Hurling Championship final between Dunloy and Rossa, I've got two Safcast stalwarts at this stage. I think you've been on it more than uh, more than anyone else, apart from apart from me. So I've got David Mullen from the Andytown News. David, how's it going? How's things? Going well. Good stuff. And Brendan McTaggart as well from the Saffron Gale. Brendan, what about yourself? How are things I'm with the very, you? The very best, Bonner, and yourself. Hey, all good, all good. I feel like uh, we've now, you know, a big game at the weekend here. A uh, bit of a bit of a novelty, David, I suppose, as well, with Rossa being in the final this year. Um, and I suppose looking, you know, the first final since two thousand and four, which they obviously mm-hmm. won. So, um, you were you were at the press night that they had earlier in the week there, and I suppose looking ahead, what's the sort of feeling coming from there? Okay, I think uh, I think everybody's now looking forward to it. Um, I think we just mentioned just before we started that you know we also had the money glass football game at the weekend just just passed. So a lot of attention the first week really was towards that, and and so I was hoping to advance the football championship. It wasn't to be. So this week really it's kind of you know you can really kind of really look forward to the hurling final now. And I get the feeling off the players, you know, obviously it's first time for the club in seventeen years, bit of a novelty, but nearly a novelty for Belfast hurling, you know. Aside from St Gauls in 14, there hasn't been a city side in the final. So, yeah, it's I suppose it's that extra novelty, I suppose you want to call it. Um, that is, I suppose it makes this game more intriguing. 
Yeah, and I suppose the difference as well with 14 with St. Gauls is the, the way the, the draw, you know, Ross has run to this final, you know, is very different to what St. Gauls experienced that year, you know. Um, you know, Ross are obviously coming off the bag of consecutive victories, which, you know, should set them up nicely going into this. They couldn't come in any prepared, prepared I suppose. Oh, surely, you know, um, off, the, off the good start in the, in the group, so it was the home win against Ballycastle, then across to St. Enda's, Nevena. And getting the victory then, it was, you know, that, that winner-take-all um, got up to Loch Gill that day. And it was, I suppose it was really important for Rossa because you're fighting on the two fronts that, you know, to get that by and get the extra week off. So um, it was, you know, it wasn't quite, well, I suppose a bit of a free hit because you were still going to be at a quarter-final, but you really wanted that week off just to really get preparation. And, you know, got up to Loch Gill, it's not an easy place to go. I mean, very few teams come out of there with a victory. So, you know, really just boosts confidence getting into that. Um, semi-final against Cushendall, which, you know, you, I think everybody knew was a was a toss of a coin game, and so it proves, you know, it was a an, an, another epic in the Underm Senior Hurling Championship, which has been very lucky to have over the last number of years. Yeah, I suppose in, in that game alone, the last 10 minutes, the coin tossed a few different directions with that there. Um, Brendan for Dunloy then coming into the final, you know, they they come through the other side there as well. Obviously, the Saint, they've a bit of renewed a bit of rivalry with St. John's in the semi-final as well. Um, what's the, I suppose, from Dunloy's point of view, you know, they're very much going in as favourites for this and, you know, have been successful in the last couple of years. And how does this sort of differ, I suppose, for the Dunloy camp? I did... <laughs> A lot of people are putting Dunloy down as favourites, and I suppose that's very hard to argue. So uh, against, and you know, you'd have to be insane to, to argue against it. But there's there's really going to be nothing between these here two teams. You know, uh, yeah. last year's proved that. Um, and you, you look at Rossa and, and what they've done this year, building upon last year. Rossa have momentum. They they have beaten two of North Antrim's big dogs, so they have in the championship for the first time since I don't know when. And uh, they have that bit of momentum. And then there's the the sneaky um, memory from last year that um, they probably should have yeah. beaten Lyon Rossa Park, and then um, that Chrissy McMahon just nipped over and, and beat them in injury time uh, in the last year's semi final. So. They feel they've a wee bit of a point to prove, and uh, Deloy um, coming into it. I suppose that, that against St John's, they weren't firing. Uh, you know that they they probably just did enough. Um, the weather conditions up in Dunsully was horrific. Um, probably didn't help matters that day, but um, I think throughout the championship, Deloy have probably steadily improved. Uh, they weren't great against Cushion Doll in the the first match. They, Got a draw there, but um, they went out and uh, defeated uh, Tiernanoga in, in the next match. And you could almost see it was a, a release of frustration because they felt that themselves that they underperformed. Uh, then they went, went out in St. John's up in Corrigan. And it was frightening how, how well the Noy played that day, to be honest with you. They, they were they were flying all over the pitch. And, and I suppose from a Dunloy perspective, looking at that, that, that was without Paul Seals for probably 90% of that game as well. Um, like we, we all know what Shorty brings to, brings to Dunloy as well. So look, they played uh, semi-finals. Semi-finals are for one, and I suppose. Um, it doesn't matter how well you play. Um, they got, got over the line against St. John's, and I, they're favourites coming into um, Sunday's final. But look, it's, in my opinion, it's another toss of the coin um, yeah. game, you know. Yeah, last year's semi-final showed that as well, uh, David, didn't they? And Brennan makes a good point, you know, 
yeah, I don't know, maybe slight favourites, but surely only slight with the form that Ross had could easily have been in the final last year, you know, with considering how the semi-finals uh, kind of tossed, and tossed about and turned there. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I know I was chatting to one of the fellas during the week and looking back at last year's semi-finals, you know, it was, you know, obviously gut-wrenching really for them, just the manner of the defeat and... Oh, you know, maybe look back at last year, and it was it was a funny year in a way. You know, there was no league campaign, and um, teams were coming in maybe a small bit cold, but uh, it certainly livened up as it went on. Yeah, you know, Russell will take a, a bit of confidence from that from that game last year, but I guess they'll know that forewarned is forearmed really from from Dunloy's perspective for this as well. You know, there's no um, surprise package here anymore that they know what they're getting into. Fully expect Dunloy to be at the top of their game. Russell with that bit of confidence getting in. Probably kind of thinking, you know, we're not too far away, but that extra couple of percent and making that that jump really, I suppose the last few steps are always the hardest to take, really, are they? Yeah, and probably from, you know, there's probably is a lot of talk for us, you know, going into this final, obviously, because of their, um, you know, um, you know, getting to the final again after 17 years, and I suppose that kind of focus that's on them probably will suit them like kind of nicely as well, if you're looking at it from that side of things. I'd imagine so. Um, yeah, there has been an awful lot of um, coverage, even just even before the semi-finals throughout the year in Rosso, because of the resurgence it's been so long, and you know, new teams coming through to challenge for titles. It's always it's always a great story. You know, it's the interim title has been it's been a three-way split between Dunloy, Cushendall, Lock Gale, really since Rosso won it in 2004. So, I guess you know, from a neutral. Um, even kind of media kind of perspective, it, it's it's quite a nice story, and just suppose you always want to see those teams, like new players, new characters, new personalities, and all that. And you know, it, it's it builds things up really nicely for everybody getting this weekend. Yeah, Brendan, the semi-final you mentioned there of um, Dunloy against St John's, they obviously have played each other earlier in the championship as well, and probably in terms of uh, weather and everything, just kind of made that game kind of, I suppose, difficult conditions to play in and that, but. I suppose Dunloy's ability to pull away in the end up there maybe is something to be looking out for um, this this weekend. I'm not sure what the forecast is meant to be actually for Sunday, but um, but it is something that you know when they go into Corrigan Park, that is something to factor in. Is that their ability, I suppose, for Dunloy to play right through to the final whistle? I well, th- th- that's very true. Uh, you know, uh, Dunloy, I think we're a couple of points ahead at, at half time uh, against St John's, and granted, St John's were down to 14 men, but Dunloy, they didn't really get started in the first half against St John's. So, you know, it was a very stop-start uh, opening 30 minutes there. And I suppose that St John's were doing all, all they could to try and break up the game, break up the flow and any kind of momentum. You know, everybody knows that Dunloy's a very dangerous side whenever they get going and whenever they get the, the momentum going there. And St John's did very well to, to kind of counter that. But um, probably... After about five or ten minutes into the second half, the noise just kind of started making over scores and that there, and they they looked more like themselves. And I suppose the big moment in that game was um, Donald Nugent's uh, goal being disallowed. I think it was shortly after that there that the Killam Malloy got the noise goal. Um, but it, it just kind of sealed sealed the the job that day. But um, yeah, that look. Dunloyd, they have uh, belief in themselves. Obviously, that that comes from from winning championships and things like that. There, but they they have, um, the, 
you know the the momentum and the uh what's the right way of putting it they 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 just have a, a style of play that no matter the conditions you know they know what what to do and they they just put full faith and trust into that there um so yeah the, like corrigan park um I, i'm personally i'm delighted it's there um it's a great pitch great surface and it, it kind of makes sense for it to be there now that the the ground's been renovated um but you know, any time you're playing in Corrigan, Dave can tell you as well, you know, st- standing there watching matches, there's always a, a wind of some sort blow- <laughs> blowing. Yes. So, uh, you know, that there, it's, I can imagine the, the weather conditions will, will have some sort of impact on Sunday. And on the, um, I suppose, from the noise point of view, Brendan, like, who is it in the Rossa team that they're particularly, you know, there's obviously the, the, the usual names in there that you'd be looking out for, but who would, who would the noise be particularly keeping a close eye on I mean there's probably any numbers of player really any number you've got one five or six subs that could come on and that's I'm not just saying that there and I've been highly impressed with Ross for this past couple or three years like so I have uh, you know that it's the obvious one you're looking at is Mick Armstrong who, who can actually play anywhere in the pitch he's a guy that fascinates me because no matter where he's at he's a nine out of ten every time um I posed this here question to, um, I think it was Rocky up in Rossa, that uh, where is his best position? You know, at, at, at one stage, I wasn't sure that Rossa actually knew that <laughs> knew, knew that answer, but uh, they they played him and fall back, uh, did a job against Neil McManus, and as was rightly pointed out to me during the week, uh, he actually played very well in there too, but um, w- whenever they moved him up into the edge of the square, he... He was phenomenal, like, uh, and it was an absolute game changer against Christian Dahl. But you know, you've got him. You've, you've got Jared Walsh, who, who is an outstanding hurler, and he's proved that there throughout the year for for Andrum as well. Um, Stephen Shannon, yeah, you know, uh, there, there's Ross is absolutely lettered with, with quality hurlers. You know, there's Declan Murphy, and like he never stops. So he doesn't. The he's like the the hurling equivalent to a Jerusalem Bonnie, like say, as you know, that he just never stops running. Like and he he brings serious energy and drive to the, in the middle of the park there for Ross as well. That there's look, there's there's plenty of dangers there. But if I'm looking at it, um, I'm thinking that there's one man that now needs to be looking after. That's a toss of a coin between Mark Armstrong and and Stephen Beatty. Like, uh, they're two stalwarts there for us, I suppose you could say. But the experience, knowledge, class, quality, and all that they bring to that Rossa side is untold. So yeah. Yeah, David. I suppose then on the flip side, then you know there's now plenty of <coughs> atta- um, high quality attacking players as well. Plenty of pace. Plenty of them featuring in the county team, for example. There, um, you know. I suppose from Ross's point of view going into this final, they obviously have the experiences against Deloy last year in the championship, both in the group stage and the, the semi-final stage, two, 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 well, very close games is an understatement, but, you know, who are they looking at in the Deloy team thinking, right, that's somebody we need to be stopping again? I know there's probably more, not just the one person. Yeah, I know. It's, it's again, it's like take your pick. How long have we got here to talk about Deloy? Um I mean, you look at that full forward line. I mean, Kobe standing there at full forward. I mean, you shut him down. Sean Elliott's off to the off the left. He's been free scoring nearly in games. Chris McMahon, he was a scourge of Rosa last year in that uh, semi final, and actually the group game, he, he nailed an equaliser deep, deep, deep in injury time. Um, he said a quiet semi final. Will he have such a quiet game again? I don't know. Keelan Malloy bursting from midfield. 
Owen O'Neill out and out of wing forward. Remember last year in the county final against Loch Gale, he put over some absolutely ridiculous scores from the tightest of angles. Then of course you've Shorty, you know, that's I don't know what way he'll be listed or I think against St John's he was maybe wore maybe eight or nine in his back at the throw and he's about wing forward, but he just drops back into that kind of free Roman rule where he just kind of trot about, get on ball and just pick passes. I mean, it's nearly telepathic. I remember a couple of balls he put into, um, I think it was Kobe, or Sham in the first half. He just let the thing go. You're looking, where's that going? And just, he just got the, it was like a postage stamp. He, just, he knew exactly where that person was going to be at a certain time. So I guess the the trick um, or the job really is to try and stop that ball really going in keeping tabs of the likes of Akila Malloy from bursting out of midfield. You, you know Caden's going to get a couple of points. It's just, you know, the job's maybe to try and limit it to just a couple <laughs> because um, he can have such an influence on the game. But, yeah, you know, it's maybe just trying to prevent the ball getting into those forwards because if they get quality ball in out in front, you know, I think we all know what Dunloy can do. I mean, 2.30, the last time they were Corrigan Park, they're in the group stage. I mean, that says it all. Yeah, and Brendan Kilmaloy's mentioned there, obviously great form for the county as well. Um, this year earlier in the league championship, as um, in the middle of the field there for Dunloy, I suppose one three in the semi final just shows you kind of the impact he's having on the on the on the club scene this year as well. Aye, that, that that's fairly accurate. So it is. Uh, Keelan's a phenomenal player. Uh, so yes, if he's not the best player in the county at the minute, he's, he's definitely one of them. Like so yes, he's. You know, he's he can be absolutely everywhere. You know, people look at him in his scoring stats and things like that there. But you know, there was t- at times against St John's where I seen him back in his own full back line as well. So there was, you know, he's he's getting close to be the, the complete hurler and almost the, the dream midfielder. Like say, yes, there's no two ways about that. Um, I, <laughs> I I wouldn't fancy chasing him around Corrigan Park for an hour, but like that there. So, but uh, you know, the, he, he's he's. The scary thing about killing, you know, I think, what is he, 23? If he's 23, if he's 24, he may just be 24. You know, has he realised his potential yet? Um, so, and I suppose that there's more than Keelan like that in this year than my team, but um, Keelan certainly has been phenomenal and, and you know, he certainly has been a leader in this year than my team and he's led by example for sure. Yeah, David, and we talked about the Dunloyce and John semi-final there and we briefly just touched on uh, Ross's uh, win over Cushendall. I suppose that there, a bit of deja vu really, whenever um, the Paddy McGill goal went in really, it was probably something they were feeling and I've read a couple number of interviews where they've said similar, you know, some of the players, but then they reacted to that. Um, what's yeah. the difference, do you think, with Ross this year? Do you do react in that positive manner? Do you think it is the experience of, of 2020 behind them that perhaps helped there? I think it probably could be because, you know, when McGill fired into the net, I think the clock would just hit 60 minutes and you're thinking, you know, this is gone. That That's it. It's it's done. Um, but, yeah, from I think uh, one of the lads was saying as well, it really was that Dunloy game last year where Dunloy are champions for a reason. The reason is that they keep going to the end. But we've seen it with Cushendall even over the years, you know, um, getting those late winners that we thought they had at that time. So suppose if you want to try and, Get to that next level. You've got to kind of, you've got to see out the games as quickly as you as you began them. You can't let up for a second, and you just have to keep so believing in yourself, really, you know, and just keep pushing. Well, well, the ball's still in play. You're still there's life, there's hope. So, um, Ross did that, um, and this was they got their, their reward. Even 
Well, McGill scored the goal. It was that, that was that was a goal in it. Jared Walsh had a free to lob in it. It just travelled over the bar, and you're thinking, well, that's definitely it now. But there was one last play, and fellas got themselves into the right position. Jared put it in. Michael Armstrong, as we mentioned, really great great vision as well. He didn't panic, thinking this might be the last chance to bull on for himself. It was looking for somebody outside him. Dara Rocks had made a pretty decent run off the shoulder. Again, didn't panic, and it was a composed finish. So. That sort of composure maybe comes down to, you know, strength and conditioning as well. Having that, um, I suppose, being fresh mentally as well as physically that, you know, to, to see out games well. So that's been mentioned to me before the semi-final from Colleen Murphy was saying a big thing was the, their condition that they're doing, that they're able to go to the very end of games. Um, just maybe to add on to that there, I think this is what makes Ross an extremely dangerous opponent for the line on Sunday too. Uh, the fact that they have learned from you know, previous matches where they've been beaten maybe in, in the closing stages and that there. Uh, against Cushendall, they, they were five up with was it, four or five minutes to play. Um, Cushendall probably had no right to win that game. So they had Rossa had did a lot, a lot of the, the hurling in it. And uh, Cushendall just did it as Cushendall famously do. Uh, they dug in, they, they managed to, to find a way. But the difference between Rossa... 2019 and 20 to the Rossa 2021, they just kept going like so they did, you know, and they, they showed again belief in themselves that, and a togetherness. And, you know, whenever you've got that, their kind of spirit and the momentum and all that coming into a final, you know, that they're going to have a, they're a dangerous opponent, but I got. Yeah, and, uh, you know, uh, Brendan, this is fourth county final in five years for Dunloy, and you know they're coming up against Ross. It's their first final in 17 years. Is there? Do you see that any kind of factor that that playing on the game, or do you think actually that both teams are going into this year as a you know they're they're well used to each other at this stage that almost that kind of historical impact might not even have as big an impact in the game or not? Or do you read much into that? I suppose for these types of fixtures, I, I don't really read that that much into it. If, if I'm being honest, I, I think it's more for us and, and the media and fans not to, to read more into it. I, I think that the players themselves it'll be a final that, that you know the the Andrum leagues that they know each player club individuals inside out. Like so, they also yeah. they just you know I, I can't see it having an impact. Saying that there, the way um, it, it could be difficult for for Rossa to. Not get up for the final, obviously, you know, anybody that can't get up for a final shouldn't be playing hurling, so they shouldn't, you know, but it was the, the euphoria of the semi-final and the outpour of emotion that came onto the pitch afterwards, you know, uh, it was brilliant to see, don't get me wrong, so, but, you know, as a neutral, you might want to sit back and think, oh, God, you know, lads, yes, brilliant, well done, it's final, but uh, there's semi-final one, there's a final to come after this year, you know, so it's just coming down from that euphoria and then getting up to it again um some some people might find that difficult so they might but um i can't say you know it's just maybe something to consider uh and i suppose the the probably a positive from ross's point of view is the is the break between the semi-final and final time to come down and even david you mentioned before like yeah. even some of them being involved with the football team that's just something to change focus for you know even for a All few right. days before resetting yeah. for, for this final too Ah, oh, definitely. You know, it's um, I'm sure Kelly Murphy and the, and the hurling management weren't thrilled about the football. <laughs> 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 
for injuries. But, uh, Gregory Akeem was exactly the same under Nia Kante. He watched the Nia and Sarsfields through his fingertips. The Nia, what, seven or eight um, hurlers are playing football last weekend. Yeah. So it's the same for both. But Yeah, but I, I know what you mean about um, county final day. I don't know what the county have planned in terms of, there's numbers a bit more pomp and ceremony. And do you know, like your warm up might be a bit different that you've got to maybe do this, that, the other before instead of going straight into a game. And just, you know, maybe knocks you off your routine a small bit, like, but then again, you know, both teams were us as well. They were, what, in Crook Park in 2015, played the other intermediate final. Okay, intermediate, but you're still going down to the big house and you still have to win a game there, which is a, which it's a place that can sort of swallow you up a bit. And you fellas there, like Jared Walsh, Adon O'Brien were involved with Antrim last year in the McDonough Cup um, final win as well. Um I suppose our, our rebel that has come up next this year, Adrian Keneally, he was a captain of uh, Father O'Neill's, won a Cork Intermediate Championship there a couple of years ago, a vice or a joint captain. So there's fellas there who have played on, on big games and big stages as well. So I suppose that experience is, is going to be key this week. And just, you know, when you're kind of getting out onto the pitch, maybe do your warm to see you lads, just be mindful. Like we're not going straight into the game. Maybe either, I don't know where's a parade or, or what's going on really. I think the county like Kenogi team, are they... Are they... Doing some kind of walkout, or that was just reading there. Could be. I remember the day what half time. Um, so maybe it's half time. Yeah. Uh, nobody has a few things. So I suppose that's going to be drilled in. That was say chatting to Colin the other night, and it's really you know just trying to stick to your process, just trying to, you know just do things as normal really, and and I suppose whatever schedule you get for the day, you just you just go with it really, you know. Yeah, and I say it was going to. Funny you bring up 2015, and they're. Um, they're all Ireland run there in the intermediate championship. There's been a kind of nice people are drawing on kind of a correlation between you know that success and kind of the six years since then. Is it something that has been noticeable in the build up to the day? Like like you see, you even talk about getting the final this year, but actually last year, you know, they were very much at that um, kind of at that pitch as well. Is there something that you've noticed over the years since that um, intermediate run and that decision to have dropped down that year before uh, leading up to this weekend? Um, it hasn't really. Well, I suppose we've kind of brought it up more than anything else. In twenty fifteen, yeah. you know, Ross, I remember at the time, just years prior to that, really, it was going nowhere in a senior championship. To be honest, um, it was obviously not an easy decision to drop down, but the plan was hopefully just to go straight back to senior. I think the following year, um, it lost the senior semi final to Cushion Dolls twenty sixteen. But then in the doldrums, um, I mean, it was only what three, four years ago. I remember playing Lock Gate up at Rossa Park and. I think I finished something like four twenty-five to seven points. You know, that was only about fair. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, there's not too many. I'd say a lot of the players played then that they're playing now. I think that year was a lot of injuries and stuff. But um, it's been a slow but sure kind of um, year-on-year build towards this, really. You know, and I suppose, say Stephen Beatty was saying the other night, you know, it's nearly like been a six-year plan from from 2015. I'm expecting, but. Um, it's taken that length of time really to turn the corner and once that bit of momentum gets behind you and a bit of confidence and self-belief and you know you start maybe being able to push on a bit yeah just then this was looking ahead to the match itself then brendan the way and Loy lined up in the semi-final with their lineup and even tactically how they lined up do you do you, do you foresee any changes to that there for this final do you think there's anything they would adapt to you know having played st john's to play in rossa is there any changes that they would make to their lineup there um, no, I don't see too many changes. So I don't. Uh, that one's enforced, but um, I suppose with with Phelan Duffin being out, um, 
Sovereign now there last Sunday. The footballers were playing Glenavy and the same feeling um, on crutches, so he's going to miss now. He had to come off against St John's in the semi final, but uh, probably looking at the likes of maybe Kevin McKay coming in for him, or you, or you could see him and Smith starting again. So you could, so like, they the now have options there, so they have it in midfield and, and a, attack. You know, that that's probably been the tried and trusted this, this year. Uh, they have the option of Declan Smith coming back. Um, he had a bit of an impact whenever he came on against St. John's in the last 10 minutes and breathed a bit of fresh impetus into the Deloy attack you know, and looked very dangerous, which I suppose from a personal perspective was great to see for Declan. He got injured a couple of years ago in the last league match of the year against Portaferry. It was a bad injury. At the time it was his ACL. And... Uh, he was a big loss for Deloitte at that time because uh, Deggy was absolutely flying. He was probably hitting the scores that you would see uh, Kobe and Killen hitting now. Um, that's what he he was kind of telling each match back then. So um, but that's probably coming too soon to to um, be fighting, you know, pushing for a, a place in the 15. But he's definitely an option there if required. But I don't, I don't, I really don't see uh, Deloitte changing too much from from what they, they threw out against St John's. And even suppose tactically as well in terms of how they lined up there, you know, we talked about Shorty being, you know, kind of around half forward and that something something similar you see for for this day. I well, that's I called him the Deny Perlo a couple of years ago, you know, in jest. So that you know, he's, he's kind of mastered that role where you know, if he's not in the ruck, you know, very very seldom do you see him in rucks and that there that he's the. The get out ball for Deloy and, and Shorty will like spray passes to the corners. It kind of is, is what um, they have touched on there. So they have, but uh, I think that Deloy have changed uh, and almost evolved from this past couple of years um, and, and their style of play and how they go about these here games. You know, they may have been reliant on, on you know, um, the likes of Gabby McTaggart and the quarter line for high ball and things like that there. But there's not as much as that now. Uh, yes, they, they'll always have that in reserves, and Gabby can come on. And, and I think it was in the was it two years ago in the county final, he he created. Was it the both of the one and go, or the two late Deny goals against Cushion uh, Dahl? He definitely yeah. caught yeah. one and, and laid it off. So that that uh, was an un- unbelievable catch, you know. So that they has that there. Um, I just um, have a feeling that the Deny haven't varied too much from the, the 15 that you've seen against St. John's and their style of play and and, and that just kind of stays so it does, you know, that they, they'll use their pace and and break from midfield as much as they can, you know um, it's uh, again, I, I would love to see uh, Killam Malloy's uh, stats after each game so the, the amount of running that he does uh, he's up and down the pitch you know, he's incredible uh, athlete like he is, you know, but there's more than him in there that can do that their type of running, you know, and especially from half back for Deloitte too, you know the, the, the attacking options is there but um, as Dave kind of touched on the, the, these guys have, have um have been together, worked together, uh, and they know each other inside out. I, I know that's kind of obvious for a club team that you might say, but that everything's instinct now. So it is, you know, it's not like it, it's uh, pre-trained or it's drilled into them. You know, the, the, this Deny team just seem to be working off instinct a lot. So they, they do, and um, that those split seconds that you see if be doing that there could, could be crucial in the tight games like Sunday will be. 
Yeah, and Dave from Ross's end, then, do you see many changes from the semi-final lineup that they would do, or even tactically? Like they obviously, they did move Armstrong to full forward. Is that something they could start with? It's really hard to know. I think you know when you see Ross in these games, it's very much horses for courses. It's kind of how they go about it. I mean, the overall kind of style will be very much high energy, high intensity, try and uh, get in your face and um, get that ball as quickly into, into the forward as possible. Personnel wise. Don't know if there'll be too many changes. Could we maybe see Tommy Morgan starting um, for a bit of pace and, and try and do something different? Uh, as Brendan was saying, you know, Michael Armstrong can play anywhere. Just, he did get those two goals in the semi-final and set up uh, Roxy for the winner. Um, will he go straight back to full forward to start this game? Possibly, but um, not definitely. Um, I'm sure the management have worked out who they want to line certain people around the field, and that's hard to probably set up, but yeah, it'll, it'll be built around kind of, especially around the middle third, a lot of energy, pace, intensity, and um, just trying to win that, that ball really to kind of send it into the forwards, whether it be fellas with pace like Darren Murphy to try and pick up scores, Tiernan Murphy, or or Beatty, who's a physical presence maybe on the wing or foot forward, um, Stephen Beatty could maybe go back to foot forward, who knows? Um it, it, they will just identify just what who they want to go on where and try to take it from that way. I, I'd imagine that Hart starts is not likely Hart's going to finish. There'll be maybe a lot of positional switches and maybe try and confuse and, and change things about um, by rotating players around the field. But, um, yeah, I, I think just the, the mantra of the game will be the same. Just just a lot of energy, a lot of work rate, and um, try and get the right men on the ball at the right time. Yeah, I suppose the versatility they've got there is kind of an extra string to their bow, really, of they can mix it up. They could even decide, right, 40th minute, we're going to make this switch regardless of how it's going, just to change it up and all as well. They do have the personnel that allows them to do that, really. Yeah, for sure. Um, of course, you know, for both teams, you know, the, the bench is, is going to be yeah. important. Um, we saw, really, say Dar Rocks come off the bench to get the winner the last day, but not even that one. Trainer came off, got a point. Conal Shannon came in, got a point as well. I mean, that was 1-2 off the bench, which was, was vital in that semi-final. Um, obviously, you always say it's a 20-man game these days about your starters and finishers. And um, so that, that's going to be key as well. Um, who can come in, who can, who can do a job, that'll be massive. But as I say, I, I expect there will be quite a bit of rotation as the game goes on. And uh, it'll just be trying to keep them, um, just kind of trying to keep them lie on their toes and keep them thinking and just kind of show them different looks as they go through the game. And, and that might create the, the the scoring opportunities, but you know, defensively, we'll see. I suppose we'll see the matchups pretty quickly as to who goes where. I'm not too sure they'll change too much, but I guess we'll, we'll, that'll all be revealed really um, come through in time because um, um, numbers in the back really don't matter these days, do they? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, that makes sense. And I suppose venue-wise, Brandon, you touched on Corrigan Park earlier, be a bit of a new scenery as well for Dunloy to win a championship there. Um, you know, even if they're they're obviously, you know, they have their four four finals in five years, but you know, the opportunity to win one and you know, a different setting. It's a, it's actually something that kind of I suppose gives them something to, an extra thing to think about there and it probably allows them to extra motivation, okay, we can win it anywhere kind of thing, winning a county championship up in Belfast too. Not exactly that Corrigan Park is exactly uh, Ross's <laughs> home ground or anything like that, but, but, you know what I, but you know what I mean, it's kind of like it's a new venue for yeah. them to go to to win it and to win it in Belfast as well would be probably a nice touch for them to look at and an extra motivating factor. Absolutely, yeah, you know, that 
could be singers in a way venue. So it could, you know, some people will look at how they got there. So they love it. I think it's the same as a home venue. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's, it's, I feel they're just too go for side of side, you know, that, and if you're talking to either sets of management, that's exactly how they'll be looking at it. But uh, yes, there is that. So there is, you know, the, the, that thought of, of one that's somewhere different, potentially. Um, yeah, and I suppose from a Dunlop perspective, looking at it, um, they'll be delighted that it's in Corrigan so they will um, deny um, the, the pitch in Corrigan seems to suit them so it does and it, that could be pointed at with, with the uh, with how they played against uh, St John's but back in the grip game as well so it could uh, but uh, yeah look the, the Corrigan Park itself uh, the few matches that the county had there this year um, and the limited numbers that there was there was a, a cracking atmosphere so there was so um, I'm I'm expecting with a, a brilliant atmosphere on Sunday. Um, considering there's going to be, I'm not sure what the, the numbers is going to be, but there's going to be considerably more to to what there was even back in the Clare and Wexford games. Yeah, great, Dave. I suppose Rossa looking to win a championship in Belfast, in in St John's Ground, everything like it's something that is stuff that the dreams are made of, really, from Rossa's point of view, right? <laughs> I suppose it would be, yeah. Uh, but I think at this stage, after 17 years, Ross will be happy with McDonald's car park, you know, to play this game. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I suppose it is kind of, it's it's maybe, it's, I think we mentioned the other night, uh, we're chatting, um, just the finals back in the city after a while too, and um, for maybe the kind of resurgence of Belfast, hurling, really, if you want to call it that, just St. John's knocking the door and Ross and I being back in the final. Um, it's quite nice maybe to have it here. It's a nice ground, great pitch. I suppose the bump and uh, for us to win it in Corrigan Park would be would of course be nice, but I think just um, the main thing is, is just trying to win the thing really because it has been that length of time, you know, seventeen years and then sixteen years before that again. So, um, you know, I think the only thing that matters really is, is the big trophy at the end. Yeah. Well, look, I think from I think for the only thing left for us to do here is to maybe call it. I I mean, you look at the game and you, you look at the, the lineups and the form going into it as well. I think it has a draw, draw written all over it myself. But um, if it was a really sit on the fence there about it, but um, I don't know <laughs> what, for for yourselves though, like you know, you've closely watched both teams over the course of the year. Um, is there anything that you see coming out of it? I suppose, Brendan, if we go to you first there, that you you if you had to kind of predict what was going to happen at the weekend. Um, I did a, a podcast with Colm Thompson uh, about a month or so ago. So I did, and we we were t- chatting about the championship and the the runners and riders type of thing coming towards the end of the group stages. And um, I more or less alluded that I seen it being a Dunloyne Rossa final. So I, did, uh, I didn't come out and as much as say that it wouldn't be that silly. So slated <laughs> throughout the county. So on, but uh, I, I just had this feeling that um, there was going to be. A, Another chapter to what happened last year. Um, if you're asking me, do I think the loyal one? Yes, I, I do. Um, <laughs> but, uh, of course, I, would. I, I think I said in, in a preview to a match a couple of years ago that I could make a case for the to beat Tipperary. So I could, uh, <laughs> if it really came to it, but uh, I had to take my Denoy goggles off for one second um, and just one second. <laughs> uh, no, look, that's. The lawyer favourites, it's very hard to ignore that, so it is, and how the lawyer are capable of bringing their A game, and, and they've shown in previous that, that, that they have a B game and a C game if they really need to. Uh, the the dangerous thing about Rossa, as I've touched upon, is the, the, 
their momentum and just that will and drive and desire that they, they have shown, especially against Christian Dahl, whenever they looked down and out, they didn't panic. They remained focused. They they just showed incredible belief that day. Um, I, I just think that Dunloy, it's Dunloy by no more than two points. So that's the way I see Sunday. Right. Dave, what about yourself then? Um, yeah, look, I think it's it's definitely, it, it could be well be a very, very tight game. We could be in for a classic. Um, both teams um, perform because, you know, both have a pretty aesthetically pleasing style. Um, so, yeah, look, Dunloy favourites, and rightly so. Uh, what's, you know, they're going for three in a row, four in five years. This has been their time. They've been in county final day and performed in county final day consistently over the last number of years. Um you know, say they are favourites, but you know Ross are coming in here as underdogs, but but very live underdogs, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, it's by no means a foregone conclusion this game. I, I can't bet against my own team, kind of, so I'm going to have to say that. <laughs> I think. Uh, no, I, did, I think it'll be a close game. I think that Ross might just nick it. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the thing. Is it? my Christmas card left now, by the way. <laughs> the thing about it is, looking at it like you know, like I was saying there about a draw and all that there. But I think if you're looking at it, like if you could, if a team could win by half a point, this would be the game. Do you know that kind of way? It's just that tight between the two of them and the form going yeah. into it. So I think you know. Actually, um, I noticed that next weekend is actually a free weekend. There's no championship fixtures. Has the county allowed for a replay next week already? Is this in the stars? Maybe, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe for Do they know something we don't? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I no, think maybe even on, on the game itself and looking back at last year's semi-final you know that and, and again it kind of alludes to how well uh, and how much belief that this Rossa team have in themselves you know that after the first quarter I think they're now maybe six or seven points clear having done Sully in the semi-final so and um, like it took um it took obviously Chrissy McMahon's or if I was to give him his full and proper title senses Chrissy the Rossa Slayer McMahon's point in injury time to to, to uh to win it that day, so look, that just kind of underlines uh, the the how dangerous this Rossa team are. But um, yeah, it could quite well be a draw. So it could, you know, also this really is one that all three uh, results are very possible. Yeah, and I suppose you're looking at it and you you were talking, you know, there's been obviously a lot of focus around Ross and, you know, you, you look at one way you can make the case for Ross coming in with, um, you know, with yeah. slight underdogs uh, tag there and actually that really favouring them and then being able to go out and put on a performance and, you know, win, win the championship. But then you look at the line and you say, well, they actually have the experience the last few years and that's something that could help them. But, you know, there's a, there's, a, there's cases to be made for both teams there and like, and I know we're kind of sitting on the fence about all of it here, but I think, I think if you're looking at it there, it's going to be a close game and I think, it's something that hopefully we'll get an entertaining day to Ireland and yeah, hopefully hopefully not a washout like the semi final and Dunsilly there for the uh for the Dunloy St John's game, really. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and the, the fact that it's been shown on T T G Cahar as well, you know, the a, a chance to showcase Antrim Hearn to the rest of the, the country as well. You know, hopefully uh, both teams can put on a show. Yeah, great. Well, look, lads, I think we'll we'll wrap up there. Thanks very much for joining me to preview. And uh, as as Brendan said, the game is live in TG Car on Sunday, so uh, we look forward to it. Um, thanks very much, lads. Best off. Cheers, man. Thank you.